0: Hello,
1: and welcome to Horror Movies and Shit. I'm your host, Jim, and with me as always is...
2: Resistance is futile. I am Bork. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jim, that is a Star Trek reference. I know you don't watch that.
1: I I know who the Borg is. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. So, anyway... I thought you said Mork. I I thought we were talking about Robin Williams over here. (laughs) (laughs) That's an option. (laughs) So, with us today, we have... Kisto Healy. Kisto, how are you? Yeah. Uh I am I am pronouncing your name right, right?
3: Yes, you are. Okay, you are fantastic. I'll drink to that.
1: <laughs> we will be drinking most of the evening.
3: <laughs> um Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, anytime anytime I've got Jameson and football in the background, I'm doing well, so that's fantastic.
2: <laughs> Mark, how about you? How are you? Oh, yeah. well, I just, uh, I'm back from Hollow Scream, Jim.
1: Well, we've already discussed my adventure to Hollow Scream. I hope yours was not as eventful.
2: Yeah, it's fine. I mean, like, <laughs> I went with my wife, right? And,
0: mm-hmm. uh, you
2: know, she gets she gets jumpy as we go through the houses and stuff. But I, I'm sorry. I'm just so desensitized about horror and jump scares and stuff. I just walk through them and just kind of laugh at them. It's yeah. Just, That's cool, that's cool, that's cool. But it was fine, yeah.
3: They're not very good jump scares then. No, not really. No,
2: everybody around me was screaming. Like, in one of the houses, we had... (laughs) We tried to get away from them. Like, a a group of probably five or six... They were probably 14, 15-year-old girls. And they were just screaming and everything. And They were screaming before they went in. It was just like, oh my fucking God. And then the next house we went in, it was an older guys in front of us with their wives or whatever, and one of the guys was absolutely fucking hammered. And he's all like, blah, blah, blah. "I'm like, okay, dude, like, don't talk to me. I don't, I don't like talking to strangers." <laughs> so we were trying to get them to go forward, but it was a good time. I,
0: I had,
3: uh, I, I love haunted attractions and uh normally i just go and have a blast especially if i'm with people who scream because right, that right. to me is just so, super fun but there was one time uh when i was younger um th- it got me good uh i'm deathly afraid of clowns like petrified to me there's there's no such thing as a not scary clown uh, you know there's they're all horrifying and uh we went to this haunted house. It was actually in a, in the in a Nathan's restaurant. And they had uh, a sign that was like, it was like Bobo's clowns or something's haunted house. And I was like, Oh no, I'm not going in. And my friends were like, no, no, no. He's just the host. It's just his, there's no clowns inside. We went already. And then we get in and we get to this one room. That's like the clown room. And there's like, just 15 dead clowns in all different ways one is hanging from a noose one's on a bed impaled on something you know they're all over the place and i was like what the hell and then at the end of the room one of the clowns steps out from the shadows and then walks back and i was like no that one's alive i'm done and that they're like no you gotta go you gotta go because there's people behind us and there's no other way so my friend shoved me from behind and I stumbled forward and actually tripped over something and fell. And when I fell, I looked over and the living clown decided to get down on the ground to be on eye level with me and then start crawling towards me. Oh, Jesus. And I would start kicking like I was in a horror movie. I was just kicking at his face. I was like, get away from like full-on, you know, B-movie scream queen. (laughs) I took off running like a bat out of hell and they had these uh, walls that were like made out of like black garbage bags and I couldn't see where I was going because I was in a total state of panic and I dove and crashed through the wall and there were people on the stairs waiting to go in and I came flying through the wall and tumbled (laughs) down the stairs and all these people were like, oh, maybe we shouldn't go in there.
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs> to turn it You're was a an advert for that house.
0: Yeah. Really. Yeah.
3: It was, yeah. <laughs> it was not my finest. moment, And that's okay. Or maybe okay. it was. Uh, yeah. pizza.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, Kisa, we wanted to talk about you. You have something very special happened to you recently, right? Uh,
3: Recent? What? Which thing? <laughs> Your book was just published. This podcast. No, no, that's uh, not this special, podcast Mark. is pretty special. I think it's special. I, I,
1: it's more like being defiled. I don't think it's special. Uh, being defiled can be special. Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that
2: later with Jamie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you just had a book published, and I know yes. that because I just bought a physical copy of it.
3: Okay, you. Yes, I, I. mean, I've had, I've had many books <laughs> recently, but, uh, but yes, that one uh, is is definitely. Um, Special to me and it's doing really well. So that's uh, it's it's my only book that's hit number one. So that was right. pretty exciting.
1: Fantastic. Um, yeah. So if you had to describe yeah. this, this your new book, it's uh, the Gateway in Apartment 8, right?
3: Yes. Uh, which is actually book two in the Sun and Crest Apartment series. But... Oh, great. Now I got to go buy another book. <laughs> um, oh, I, hope you do.
1: <laughs> I absolutely will. I promise. Um, but anyway, if you had to describe your book in in
3: a short snippet, what would this book be about? Um, there's a girl uh, who her apartment's closet is a gateway to 1987 where a serial killer is murdering people and was never caught.
1: Oh, okay. That's that, that definitely sounds interesting.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's a, is, is it based on true events? <laughs>
3: um, it, yes. No. Um, <laughs> it's it's actually semi autobiographical. No, it's not.
1: oh nice. Okay.
3: Were, were you? you no, know, I, I I shouldn't say no because as, like there's little bits of my my life and the lives of people I know and care about in literally everything I write. So uh, of course, you know. So there's, sure. there's some truth sprinkled in everywhere, no matter how ridiculous and fanciful the uh, stories are. That's
1: awesome. So um, <laughs> when, when did you first realize you wanted to be a writer?
3: Oh, wow. Um, I was I was nine years old. It was fourth grade. Um, oh. I was uh, in the bottom bunk, and my older brother was in the top. And uh, I was reading uh, Samurai Cat, which Mm. is and uh, he reached down and took it away from me and said, it's time for you to read real books uh, by grownups. And he gave me a Dean Koontz book. And um, (laughs) back back then, Dean Koontz was pretty dark. Uh, Yeah, he was actually classified as horror, I think. And um. I loved it. I I devoured it. My 9-year-old self went through this like 500-page book <laughs> like and I just immediately was like this I want to do this. And Which book? Um the uh the first one was actually um I think it was I think he gave me um it was either Watchers or Lightning. Um, oh, both whichever one he players. gave me, I followed up myself with the other. So, <laughs> they're both fantastic. You can't go wrong. Um, yeah, they're both great. Um, Lightning's less scary. It's more, mm, yeah. uh, you know, science fiction almost. But, um, yeah. What, what and then...
1: You,
2: what you and and then the resume? Resume? Have you seen the Watchers movie? Yeah,
3: I try to pretend I didn't. Or to <laughs> I did. Not everything Corey Haim did was amazing. Uh, right. That's true. Um, but uh, I read Servants of Twilight. And that one, like, really, that was the one of his that really made me, uh, like, it was the first thing I read that horrified me. It scared me. You know, I was a yeah. kid, and it's about a kid that may or may not be the Antichrist. and yep. uh, And yep. I was like wow <laughs> like books can be scary i knew movies could be scary i didn't know books could be scary yeah i, I said
2: didn't they make a movie of that one too
3: they yeah, did it was a made for tv yeah. movie. Yeah. dean Koontz has really gotten a bad break with movies
1: like, so, so between you and me in my opinion dean Koontz's movies are only bad if he's involved he destroys <laughs> his own source material and it's so annoying to me what, what, what which is awesome what Dean Kuntz movie is good? Phantoms. Um, it, okay. That's garbage, Mark. Do not ever
3: say that again. I love that. <laughs> I was going to say, is, there are people who like the Phantoms movie. I'm not the, one of them. But.
1: right, The book is fantastic. The movie right, is terrible.
0: Yeah, I love the
3: book. I, yeah.
1: it,
2: I, and to be fair, most people don't like it. But I think just whenever I watched it, it was just in that sweet spot of kind of a monster movie uh, type thing. And it reminded me of Silent Hill um, a bit, like the game. Yeah. Um, I, I, was just, again, yeah. I, I read the, like I really like the book too but I, I like the movie I know it's a bit of a meme now with the whole uh you know the bomb <laughs> uh,
1: I I will say um, the movie that I enjoyed very much was intensity I thought that that made for TV movies done really well yeah
3: it was it was you know it was at least um accurate I yeah. felt. I, Riley.
2: sorry what Mark? But, uh, John John C. Riley, right? Is that his name? The main guy, the protagonist. John C. McKinley, I believe. John C. McKinley. Oh John C. yeah, very, very different people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> John C. Riley
3: can pull it off too. Yeah. <laughs> I would watch it. I would definitely yeah. watch. That would be interesting for sure. I'm sure Will Ferrell would be in there somewhere too.
2: <laughs> and uh, then obviously, uh, you know, whenever Hot Tension uh, came out. The, oh you know, man that was, movie. It's I, I, a copy of intensity for most
3: of I it. it's it's brutally a copy of it and Dean was super pissed and I don't blame him like I was pissed on his behalf you know all the people that love that movie it it kind of like makes me want to yell because it wow. like it's like they read the book and they said oh I want to make this entire thing except change the end like yeah, that's I, all I,
2: I right sure. I swear they probably changed the ending just to say, hey, we're not copying it. All right, up.
3: exactly. Uh, exactly. I it's mean, like the I vanilla think... ice of movies. Like, mine goes boom, 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 boom da do It's different. Right. You know? <laughs> I, th- I think
2: um, Ajah's ca- uh, came out and said, well, it is kind of intensity. That's where he took it from. But uh,
3: I mean, they even called it high tension. Come on. Intensity, exactly. high tension. Like, Jesus.
2: Yeah. Uh, but it is extremely brutal, which I like. But it is I mean exactly. well,
3: done. It well done but still you know well done plagiarism still plagiarism that's right. true so I have a question for
1: you what, what's your favorite part about being an author what, what do you like most whether it's the process or developing
3: the story or wh- whatever what, what's your favorite um, part I love everything about it except um marketing <laughs> okay that's fair um, I mean, I love, I love writing. I, I could just sit and write endlessly for like for the rest of my life and I would be the happiest person. Um, and I love, I love planning uh, things. I love, you know, getting the covers and dealing with, you know, people and publishers and cover artists and editors. And it's all so exciting to me still. And then, like interacting with readers and like other authors and like building community. I, I love all that. It's just, uh, just having to deal with like mailing lists and websites and social media and like, uh, I, it's that's not that part is just super hard for me with my so, ADHD.
2: So I've I always requested people, authors on, I'm always super interested. Do you come up with the plot as it goes along, or do you have like an outline of the plot, or do you come up with characters and then put them into a certain situation, or, or you know, how, how I do you usually, coming up with the story?
3: I um I usually come up with an i like an an i basic premise idea, and then um and then I come up with how I want to end it then i uh come up with how i want to begin it and then i just wing it from the beginning to make sure i like see my way to the end
2: <laughs> like, sort of what would happen like right, just as like an open thought experiment what would happen if this started to happen and then build it from there or
3: yeah i it- mean, well i like i get an idea um A lot of times uh i i work with with somebody who will give me an idea for like a title or something and then i just try to come up with what that story could go with that title and then um or sometimes it's a cover image you know i'll get a cover before i even have a story uh, and then i'll just uh think of what kind of story i could have with that cover and then i go okay but how's it going to end because the ending to me is the most important part like uh, I don't want to like if you start from the beginning and you don't know where you're going to end it a, a lot of people will the, you know they'll run with it and then they'll go oh, crap now what do I do and then they get stuck or like the ending falls short and you've you know built all this up and and people are disappointed and it, if people are disappointed at the ending it doesn't matter if the first 99% was good they're going to leave the book feeling bad yes, So well don't I, tell Stephen King
2: that but that's almost like uh you know you hear about hollywood uh you know script writers or movie makers and you have these pitch band that just go into like studios and say here's an idea for a title you know do you want to run with this or no and they'll pay them some money for that (laughs) yeah
3: yeah um well i'll tell you um i uh (laughs) i have a book that i'm going to write um I have the, the whole story mapped out. I have the cover, uh, thanks to the amazing uh, Ruth Anna Evans. And um, it, it's called Gas Mask Jesus and the Army of the Smoked. So uh, <laughs> this is the first I'm mentioning it, so uh, debuting it here on this podcast. An exclusive for yeah. our podcast.
1: I'm not going to say I'm not going to lie. I am very very intrigued. Right? Like just from
0: the
2: title. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Going into beautiful Christian religious uh, books. So that sounds good. <laughs> um it w-
3: it won't be beautiful or Christian, but it may be religious,
1: can I <laughs> There you um, go, Mark. Right, right in your gray area, Mark. Right, right right. <laughs> you might actually enjoy it. <laughs> well, I but, mean, *Passion of the
2: Christ is one of the best exploitation movies ever made, so there you go. Can't go wrong
3: with that. There is well,
2: Nazi stuff in the Bible, so.
3: but um So I that was one before. that was one where where uh, Ruth was like, I've got this cover for you. And uh and then I was like, what can I do with that? And then I was like, oh, I have an idea. And then I was going to call it smoke. And then she was like, oh, I really wanted it to be gas mask Jesus. And I said, oh, okay, I can do that. And then I came up with a different idea uh, that kind of went with my other idea. And then I was like, okay, it's gas mask Jesus and the army of the smoked." And then she was like, yes, I can't wait. So that's that's next up on my list.
0: uh <laughs>
2: Is the army of the smoke just like a bunch of stoners?
3: No.
0: It's, uh, <laughs> it's, Religious stoners. It's,
3: it's going to be a wild book. It's going to be, uh, I, I'll say it's it's going to be a, a, apocalyptic.
0: We'll go there. So.
3: Mark, he did
1: not use your favorite term.
2: No, that's good.
1: Yeah. Mark what? Mark has a severe distaste for the term post-apocalyptic.
2: Yeah. Why? because there shouldn't be anybody post apocalyptic everybody should be dead so well how do
3: you make about that well the, the, the I mean the point is that the majority is you know like that's pre apocalyptic
2: <laughs> <laughs> i don't no, it's just a joke i make. <laughs> <It is>. post apocalyptic <sighs> i
3: i made a i made a uh, a charity anthology for um for an author a uh, friend of mine that was going through a hard time and it was called uh, post apocalyptic. And it was all, um, all stories that had um, some kind of LGBT protagonist in the apocalypse and had lipstick somewhere in the story. And every author could just uh, do what they want with it. And it, it was really, really cool the way it all came out.
1: That sounds like it could be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, it really was. So, in in your
1: writing process, do you have any weird or odd habits? Like, are are there any things that are peculiar that, or that you think might be peculiar to somebody else that's involved in the writing process?
3: I mean, I feel like um, my existence is an odd habit. So, <laughs> like, um, I I always ha like I have to. Um, only do things that fit the vibe of what I'm writing until mm-hmm. my book is finished. So if I'm watching TV, I can only watch stuff that's like the same or movies or uh, anything that that is in the same vein of what I'm writing to keep are, me in that mindset. Um, are you
2: are you like a nine to five writer? I know some writers that they yeah. give up and it's like a it's like a job they work from nine to five and then they put it away. And then there's other authors that just write during the day and there's no like set schedule.
3: Well, you know, nowadays I, I've been doing a lot more during the day. Um, I get to, um, go, um, to like a coffee shop now that my son is in school and, uh, or a bar. And then I, um, I just sit and write during the day. Um, most times, though, I wait until everybody goes to sleep and then I I write in the middle of the night.
1: That's fair. I mean, I, uh, I would imagine that getting in, into that that mind frame helps as you get later into the evening. Most, most people, myself included, tend to tend to freak ourselves out the more noises they hear at night, and I would think that do you, do you always write horror? Kisto?
3: Um no, I also write uh, fantasy, mostly like epic fantasy. Ah. Um I actually have um I have a fantasy book out now, um co-written by the incredible uh Shelley Jarvis. It's um it's called Keeper of the Four Kingdoms and it's a uh, book 1 of a four book series. Um and then uh, she and I are also working on two other series. And then I have another fantasy uh, series of my own that was book one was already released, but it's been pulled and it's being reworked and re-released by a different publisher uh, in early 2024. So Fantastic.
2: So uh, you've written uh, a number of novels, right? Which, which one would you say is your favorite?
3: I hate that question. (laughs) Everybody asks that question. That's my least favorite
2: favorite child, right?
3: Yeah, it's like you you can't do that. Like they're all special for their own reason, or else you wouldn't write them. You know, Uh, I don't know. Um, So maybe here's a better
2: question: If you're struggling with that one, which one of your books would you like to see made into a movie?
3: Oh wow. Um,
2: sure, that might be I, really difficult.
0: <laughs> honestly,
3: well, here's the thing. Um, if anyone wanted to make any of my books into a movie, I would like shit a litter of kittens. I like that's <laughs> it's on my bucket list for real. Like it's like my life goal and dream is to have one of my books made I'm into. I, even, I, I wouldn't even care if it was made into like like a tubi movie you know right. like <laughs> it just Doesn't matter so so, yeah.
2: it, so so just a thought experiment just pick one of your books who would you have direct and who would you have as your lead actors if you could pick
3: um oh wow um
2: we asked the difficult questions here on our yeah group.
3: well you know um i will say uh fans readers have been saying for a long time that they really want um to see my book the bucket list that i co-wrote with mark Tauss, who is fantastic by the way um made into a movie so many of the reviews and in fact you know he he even just got a a dm the other day from a reader that said they just finished it and they can't they can't wait to see the movie And it's like everyone's just calling for that book to be made into a movie. Except for people who make movies. Where are you at? Anyway. um, So uh, we've asked people, you know, who they thought. And the one um, person that everyone agrees on is that Marge in the movie should be uh, Kathy Bates. You Um, can't go wrong with Kathy Bates. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, But I don't know about, uh, you know, the... The book is about, um, it's three different couples that all have their own bucket lists uh, and they're all in different age categories. And the oldest of the couples uh, is a, um, they're a married couple of serial killers and they have things that they want to check off their bucket list before they kick the bucket.
0: Mm. So they
3: take over a bed and breakfast that the other two couples end up staying at. Huh. And uh, try to live out their bucket list on their guests, and huh. uh, it's it's actually a horror comedy. So it you know it goes really gruesome, like extreme horror, but also really goofy and silly and funny at times. Um, so I don't make, know.
2: It would make a good anthology movie.
3: Yeah. Maybe you should read the book. <laughs> yeah, we definitely <laughs> yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was put out by evil Cookie uh it, it it's my book that has the most uh the most reviews for sure uh on Goodreads. It has like 60 something uh which is miles so, ahead of anything else <laughs> So going going back to the the reviews topic,
1: how important are reviews to to an author like especially to you like how, how what do you do how do you deal with the feedback whether it's positive or negative? um
3: well i mean uh negative feedback is just part of the game it's gonna happen mm-hmm. no matter what you do so like the only way to deal with it is just just not to you know right like you don't take it to heart don't confront it don't you know broadcast it just keep keep looking forward and keep going um but then the positive that's a whole different story. You know, take that in, let it feel good, be proud of yourself and then share that with the world and then let it motivate you. You know, um, I don't, there are people who have like thousands of reviews and I'm not sure how they manage it. But, um, when I don't have that many, um, but the ones I get are like, uh, i just got one today um from uh diana ritchie and um it was a five-star review for my book uh oh a t-rex and um it was so cool uh to read that review and 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 to see that it wasn't just a review for the book uh she also it was like a review from me as a writer. She said, you know, he continues to do this with great characters. And and if you haven't read him yet, you're really missing out. You know, so like that's huge to me. Uh, you know, I, I may not have 4,000 reviews, but if I can get, you know, one review like that, I'm feeling pretty good. Because it's yeah. not like. She's a reviewer. That was her 400th review. You know, it's not like yeah. so, it came from my dad or something, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah.
2: And I, I, okay. I think it's kind of human nature, right? So when you go to buy something, you look at reviews, and it's almost like, oh, there's like 40 great reviews and there's two bad reviews, and you kind of look, look at the bad reviews, and that that's what gets in your head sometimes. So I think as a content creator, as an author you probably have to be very uh, disciplined in trying to like drown out noise of people that maybe don't understand it. But uh, has yeah. there ever been like a criticism where it's improved what you've done? You've read it and you're like, well, yeah, maybe, maybe I should change something or maybe. I mean, make not, a good point.
3: I mean, not, I don't think from a review, um, but like, or just in general, just- but in in general, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm constantly like I don't think, especially with writing, I don't think you're you're ever at the peak of your craft. I mean, I think you can constantly improve and keep going, and so I'm always looking for that. And you know, even when when people give me good reviews, uh, sometimes they'll they'll point out the one thing that didn't work for them. Like they'll give me a four-star review and, and they'll say, you know, this book was great. I couldn't put it down. This part bothered me. And like, I do go, Oh, okay. And then, you know, the next book I write, I take that into consideration and try to keep it in my head. Um, Cause ultimately I am trying to, you know, create a product and and make people happy. You know, that's, uh, i I write for myself and uh and I would write if I wasn't putting it out um, but if you are putting it out, you know there's no point in not doing the best you can to uh, put out something people are gonna enjoy <laughs> you know, so, um, so yeah that's I think that's always, it's always important to listen uh to you know, what your readers have to say. And so that's why it's always good too, to have like beta readers or a writer's group or uh, anything like that, where you can get that feedback before you put it out to the public.
2: Yeah. So, it, it must be difficult because it's so subjective, right? I mean, of, of course you could love something for one reason. Another person could hate it for the same reason. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of stuck there in the middle so i mean i've tried to write things in the past <laughs> and i can't get past like the first chapter because i'm so self-critical i like i reread reread read, read, and like this is awful is awful and I just throw that so <laughs> i am like super excited whenever we have authors on they're like yeah i love this stuff and you know it doesn't matter yeah if well people read trying- it or one people read it but if they like it it's great I was just going
3: to say that uh, from what you said uh, a minute ago where um, you said one person can love it and one person can hate it for the same thing. So if that's the thing you're going for, then you're going for the person that's going to love it for that thing. And you have to just accept that other people, it's not their thing. So if it's not their thing, then you're not trying to please those people. So if it's someone's thing and they don't like it that's when you have to you know go okay maybe i didn't do this well
0: yeah it's I'm, I'm the if, if their
3: niche niche however you want to pronounce that <laughs> their niche uh if it's their niche then uh you know if you if, and you please them then you're doing fine you know it doesn't I'm, matter if anyone i'm else curious
1: does. because i've heard this conversation a few times in different authors groups that I'm in. Um, How do you handle writing from a different person's perspective or a character's perspective that may not mirror your own? How do you handle that process?
3: Um, Well, what, what I personally do is I try to, to pull from, I still try to pull from reality from people that I know and experiences that I've, I've seen and, um, and people I, I may know intimately and what, what, I know that they felt and what I think that they would feel in that situation. And um, one thing I have been credited with and I pride myself on is people say uh, that I write people really well. Mm -hmm. And I do go outside of, you know, myself a lot because I feel like you should, I feel like if you, if you, don't you're putting yourself in a box and i don't ever want to be put in a box so um all types of people exist in reality so all types of people should exist in fiction that's how
1: mm-hmm. i absolutely agree except mark he shouldn't exist at all <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's that's my whiskey. damn yes. it sorry <laughs>
1: wait until
2: we get into uh yeah. bickering like podcast yeah I, I
1: would I would do the whiskey now because there might be a few mouth spitting uh issues yeah, later <laughs>
2: yeah, Sebastian, yeah um mark you have any more yeah. questions um no I mean um so if, if there's just anything that right now you want to kind of let our audience know this is what well, you just released. This is what what's upcoming. Whatever, however, you
3: want to promote yourself. Because, yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, well, which, uh, I, 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 I have a bunch of that. Oh, <laughs> I have a question before you get, get into that. Are okay. audiobooks,
2: or do you plan on releasing it? Is that something because that's the I, way I normally consume books right now.
3: Audiobooks. Yeah. Um, well, you know. The book I was talking about earlier, The Bucket List, uh, mm-hmm. has an audiobook, and the narrator for that book nailed it. I, it's one of the best audio adaptions I've ever heard, and I was so proud that it happened to be something I worked on, because <laughs> I was like, I, I. it was bad, though, because I was like, I almost don't want people to read this book anymore, because it feels like she owns it now, like, and it should just be consumed this way <laughs> like it's so good
2: yeah it's, it's almost that first step before like a movie um, adaptation right because,
3: yeah yeah she uh, did she, she did all different voices and put wow. sound effects in and music and yeah she's it was because pretty
2: it really can affect how you consume that media right like an audio book <laughs> yeah. is terrible even if the book's great it, yep. you know and vice versa if the book's not that great but the narrator is great you can really buy into that
3: and yeah um my 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 first sunny crest book um, accidental murderer in apartment 34 is um, is on audio and uh it's it's interesting cuz i've had everyone who's listened to the audio version by the end of it has loved it but some people at the start are like, you know, the narrator sounds like he should be narrating Disney and it's kind of a really dark source material. So like it's weird, but um, that's almost why I picked him, uh, because it, it just the book is is an unreliable narrator uh, story. So uh, it just adds to like the quirkiness of it.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've had books like wh- the one that stands out is uh, William Peter Blatty, and we'll get on to The Exorcist soon.
0: <laughs>
2: narrating, narrating The Exorcist, like whenever I first started listening to it, and obviously I've read the book before, but like his voice for Reagan and stuff just seemed really strange. Yeah. But the more I listened to it, the more I'm like, okay, I'm on board with this. So sometimes you can have that sort of start where it's, uh, I don't know if, if it's going to work or not, but the more you listen to it, and then you get bored
1: with it. So. I I have that same issue when I listen to audiobooks. Like I, it takes me probably a good thirty to forty minutes of narration for me to get used to the can't the 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 the, the narrator and their style and their voices and that kind of stuff. Especially if you're listening to a series, and then they change narrators, it just gets really obnoxious. Yeah,
3: that's weird. Um, uh, another thing that that really pulls me right out of it that of course wouldn't happen if I was reading it is when there's like a male narrator and they try to do like a high-pitched girl voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that just, it sounds like someone like making fun of somebody almost like it doesn't sound, it it doesn't sound real or authentic at all. And like, all of a sudden I'm just like, what? And then I'm not paying attention to the story. Right. (laughs) I'm just like, that's
0: exactly. (laughs)
3: Like it's
2: like Mickey.
3: Yeah, it's 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 just yeah. It's definitely obnoxious. It's like d- just don't, just don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so Kisto, do you want to
1: maybe um, sound off with your your social medias and stuff so people can follow you if they want? Oh
3: well, it's you know I'm on everything and it's just my name. It's C H I S T O for people who don't know Kisto C H I K S T O. Uh, Stowe and Healy, H-E-A-L-Y, and you can at me and find me just about anywhere. So, um, yeah. And then I have Kisohely.com, but as I was saying earlier, I'm really miserable uh, at updating it. It's been like probably close to a year and I'm, I'm bad. And the person who worked really, really hard to like build that for me and then make me Videos to teach me how to do it. Like they deserve way better than what I've done with it. So,
1: oh, that's okay. Don't feel bad. Mark doesn't do anything for this either. He won't edit it, he won't book guests. He just wants to come on camera and and look pretty. No, I
0: mean,
2: so, 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 so what Jim's trying to do is avoid our next section. (laughs) <laughs> uh, we all had a pretty lengthy facebook um conversation on messenger which we're going to probably dip into because i thought it was pretty fun
1: <laughs> no, no spoilers though mark no spoilers
2: are, are you sure because
1: I'm, i want i'm telling you no spoilers there's that's not an option Kisto hasn't seen the movie yet
3: are, we don't yeah want yeah yeah. no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers
2: okay Yes.
3: Because, there. as you know, literally everyone has said it's absolutely awful, and I'm still going to watch it because. Yep. That's and I good. felt the same way.
2: <laughs> Jim, Jim, um, let's put this in context a little bit. So, okay. Bloom uh, David Gordon Green, right? Fucked well, up another trilogy. They, yeah. they, they, uh, they, they, they did an awful Halloween trilogy, which made the Rob Zombie movies look. look
1: I love really the first one. Wait, wait. Yeah, I was gonna say the twenty eighteen was
2: a pretty decent.
1: Yeah, the
2: garbage. I watched Halloween Kills, and it was so bad. I went back to the first Halloween because I remember liking it, but I rewatched it and I fucking hated it. And That's then true,
3: you watched Kills. it in a bad mindset. That's why you were already I mean, feeling those emotions. So, so we
1: watched it right? in a watch along, and and it was not fantastic the second it, time. So,
2: so
0: I got this with an author on
2: here, to me, the bedrock of a good movie is the script writing. It's the writing. It's oh a, yeah, for the sure. The can be bad. The acting can be bad, but if there's good writing, that movie will still succeed for me. Uh, um, those movies right? just. It, it was. They were trying to do this nostalgia porn, then trying to bring their own fucking bullshit into it. It didn't make any sense. The characters were unlikable. Um, I, I, but anyway, we're not talking about those.
3: those <laughs> so to me, was, so they, so House, it, was, was really important. To me, like when it comes to a movie, if, especially horror, if the characters are unlikable, like it kills the whole thing. Because yeah. I'm like, I don't care if they die. You know, like, uh, I'm not rooting for him. I'm actually, now I'm rooting for the killer. Yep. You know, that's how I felt with the with the most recent Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. Boy. That movie was complete trash. And is- the, the final scene that's supposed to, like, get you, I'm not going to say what it is or whatever, but I laughed hysterically.
2: It, it, it's like, oh, my God. Like, I can you know, so if it's a low-budget movie, right? And um, it's just there to do a certain thing, right? It might just be there to have creative kills, right? It could be like a Friday the 13th or whatever. Nobody really cares about the characters, whatever. I mean, they're just fodder. As long as the kills are cool and it's not too stupid, it's still enjoyable. But we're talking about like big major Hollywood movies here. Yeah. And Blue House and. I think with Universal spent $400 million just to get the rights.
3: The rights.
2: Yeah. And that doesn't include the production costs, the actors and everything else. So for that $400 million, Jim, this first movie in this trilogy, was it worth your 20 bucks or whatever you paid for it?
3: It absolutely was not. I should have waited for <laughs> streaming.
2: I told you.
3: I <laughs> you, did. you did. But you know what? Like he, He said that everyone else said that. And I'm still going to watch it. I'm probably still going to go to the theater and see it just because I I need to see for myself. So So. there there were seven
1: people in the theater with me, including the three people that I brought with me. (laughs) And there was not a single reaction, a single gasp. Well, I take that back. There was one gasp between all three of us at the exact same moment from the film. But other than that, there was not a single audience reaction throughout the entire movie.
3: Nothing. Uh, you know, as sure. far as the yeah. amount of people that are in the theater, though, like nowadays, a lot of people just aren't going because they know yeah. it's going to come on streaming, and they're just not. You know, like it's almost like a dying art, and it makes me sad because I love going to the theater.
2: Yeah, so so here here's where I am. I'm at with with like this new Exorcist and a number of movies where I know. It's probably going to be shit. I've just got that morbid curiosity, you know. It's that car crash.
3: Exactly. Yeah, you got to go see it. But I will
2: not pay money to go to a movie theater. Uh, I will wait for streaming and watch it then. I
3: I I don't. I will pay the money just so I can be mad and wish I had my money back. You know, like
1: (laughs) 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 sort of like me when I saw Dick Tracy for the first time. Oh God. The only yeah. movie I ever walked out on. I d I didn't. I just wish I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: did something happen in that movie theater?
1: Not not during that movie, no
3: more. Not during that movie. Okay. Not during we'll, that
2: movie. We'll get on to Jim's trauma. Please
3: don't. I just went to see it It Lives Inside. Have y'all seen that yet? No, not yet. I, I really enjoyed it. It's yeah. uh it felt it felt really like uh, refreshingly or original and unique to me. It's not It's not super scary or, you know, um, but the, a lot of times for me, especially with horror, cinematography can make or break a movie. Like you were talking about the writing. I feel like the cinematography is, is just as important. And uh, and you can have a low budget and still have a brilliant cinematographer. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's,
2: Dean, it's, Dean Cundey was a master of uh cinematography and if you look at you know john carpenter's movies were right. great anyway exactly like exactly being in the fog just that atmosphere and just that you know, I just Mark, the- Mark, 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 Mark.
1: we've talked about this the fog is not a masterpiece yes it what? is no it is not it's what? garbage it's no. boring and no. it's it's so garbage Jim, no <laughs> <laughs> A same voice
2: in the room other than
1: mine. <laughs> I feel like, because, you know, given the cast and giving this, given the storyline, I feel like I should have enjoyed The Fog, but I did not.
2: Did, wait,
3: you don't like the remake, do you? No. No, God, I do not. Okay, no. thank you.
0: No. So, so, I don't like the
2: so Jim, that's Jim, what is your rating out of 10 for the original Fog? I'd
1: probably give it a four, four and a half. <gasps> what, what is
2: your rating for the remake?
1: Oh, probably a two. I, I hated everything about that
2: movie. Yeah, it was so, god-awful. You awful. understand the level of person I have to deal with on a weekly basis.
3: No, you know what... I I, I mean, I agree with the two. Um, uh, the four is, is ridiculous, but... Um, <laughs> you're entitled to your opinion, but you're wrong. Anyway, so... Um, <laughs> I, it was actually funny because I was watching... Um, I just started watching Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, I never watched it, and I'm watching it on streaming. And um, I hated uh, Shannon on Lost, like, more than anything. And then uh, um, Maggie Grace, I think that's her name, she was also in the remake of The Fog, which was god-awful, and I was like, oh, man, like, I'm just shouldn't watch anything with her and she ended up being one of my favorite characters in fear of the walking dead and i was like wow maybe she's actually a great actress and i was supposed to hate her i don't know (laughs) and that's the thing right you can get talented
2: people whether they're actors or whatever stuck in a bad movie yeah for sure absolutely and then you see them something else and they're like oh they've redeemed themselves (laughs) i probably hated that anyway
1: i I dropped out of fear of the walking dead during season two. I really enjoyed season one, but then I got wow, really
3: Um, because I I thought the first three seasons season four is, uh, I I mean, I'm binging it and season four just completely lost me because you know, the first three seasons are all about the same family and like, you know, you feel invested in, in that. And then season four just like goes like a, like a, Million miles ahead, and there's all these new characters, and like it doesn't even explain how they got there. And like, and it, I'm just like, what just happened? It's like a different show all of a sudden. It just completely pulled me out of it. So, so uh, Mark, you, Jim, wanted, you wanted to talk more about my experience, my movie
1: experience. So. No, no, no,
2: before that, Jim. So, um, I want you to rate every Exorcist movie you've seen.
1: Oh, Jesus Ooh. Christ, I've so, seen them all.
2: Okay, so Exorcist.
1: The- uh, it, it, it's a nine and a half
2: out of ten. The Exorcist too.
1: I'd say probably six out of ten because it's a it's a fun mess. Yeah, it is. I I you know I was gonna
3: say I'd give it a seven because it's enjoyable.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It it's a lot of fun even though it's a giant mess of a movie.
3: It really it, is. It's another one of those car
2: crash movies, right? That you just kind of help but turn your head and look at it and be exactly.
3: <laughs> but I, I I I love movies like that sometimes. Like, it's, it, it, you know what? If, if you have a good time, the movie's a success. Like, yeah. that's... Yeah, right I now. mean, objectively, it's bad. I mean, it's like Troll 2 and,
2: like, a lot of these, so bad it's good. Yeah, sure. exactly.
0: Mark and, I, Mark and I
1: had this conversation about, um, like, the experience of watching the movie goes a long way. Like, I absolutely hated Freddy versus Jason. Right? I think it's a shit movie. But... The experience I had in the theater made it so much fun for me.
2: That's bullshit. Freddy versus Jason is one of the shit. best It's shit. To either franchises. Well,
3: here's the thing. Everybody wanted it. Everybody had been waiting for it. We'd been hoping for it. I remember when I was in middle school, maybe even elementary school, my brother drew a picture uh, he was just like a natural born artist. And he drew a picture of like Freddy and Jason facing off. And I was like, oh man, if they made that movie, it would be so cool. You know, it's just a thing everyone wanted. So it didn't even matter if it was shit. Everyone wanted it. So they were going to enjoy it.
2: <laughs> like, and Freddy
3: versus Jason does
2: exactly what it says in the tin. It's absolutely awesome. Put that against something like Alien versus Predator. Which is just a watered down bullshit PG thirteen garbage movie.
1: Oh god, uh, if we're comparing, there's no way to compare the two disagree. though. Because really?
2: they're versus Sadako versus Kiako. Fantastic, yeah, that was great. fantastic! It was. Yeah, I great. loved it. Yes, it
1: does it's, what it says on the tin. Yep, it's absolutely ridiculous in the best way possible.
2: Yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> if you look at the Alien franchise, that's what I wanted from it. They are like. R-rated, blood and guts, like just all out, right? I
1: I, I will say that for Freddy versus Jason, they captured exactly what the audience is wanting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? They did that. And like I said, I don't care for the movie, but the theater experience made it so enjoyable for me. You know, it was a packed theater. Everybody was hooting and hollering and just having a great time, you know, during the whole fight scene between Freddy and Jason when Freddy's being hacked apart. Me and the guy sitting behind me are quoting Monty Python, uh, the <laughs> Black Knight skit. So it was a blast. <laughs> what, what, a flesh wound. Yeah.
2: What I would say about Exorcist 2, I think in retrospect, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I can only imagine people in 73 who watched The Exorcist and loved it and then went to the movie theater to watch The Exorcist 2. <laughs> I fucking hated it.
1: <laughs> We're like what the? F-? You know, acid was a lot more prevalent back then. Yeah, so that's true. Than that
2: hated, that's true. Yeah, but math is much more available now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now,
3: but seriously though, Exorcist three, I would give that probably a six or a seven.
0: Ah, uh, uh, man, I was going full
3: nine on that. 10 out of- I- yeah, I I
1: think it's a good movie, but I don't think it's as fantastic as everybody says it is. Uh,
3: so
1: Jim,
2: it's great. George C Scott fucking sucks. <laughs> <All> right, <George. laughs> so, come on, have my back here.
1: Look, George C Scott cannot emote. He's he's got one mode and that's to play a beat
3: cop. That's it. No way. Hold on. Jim's not wrong, but that mode is great. I'm not no, saying no. it's not great. He can't,
1: like I told Mark, he just cannot evoke. Uh, whenever he finds
2: the cop, his friend, the priest, priest eyes. I mean, yeah, he's like,
1: <sighs>
2: yeah. There's emotion
1: there. There's a lot yeah. of that is not emotion. That is scripted blocking. because
2: well, you I mean,
1: So the next thing he's going to bring up, he's just because you haven't had this conversation, he's going to bring up the changeling next.
2: Oh, the changeling. Because yeah. that's
1: where this wait, came wait, from. Which changeling? The the one with George C. Scott, the original.
2: Okay. Not that Angelina Jolie one. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Which
1: again, I think is giant garbage.
3: The the Angelina Jolie one. No, no, no Ghost Bar- Scott Bar- one. No, of
2: no.
1: Ghost one.
3: I was gonna say, I actually, I actually, no, I, I'm kind of with you uh, on the original, but um, the, I, I actually really enjoyed the Angelina Jolie Changeling movie. I oh. haven't seen it.
2: So Jim, uh, so the next two. Kind of weird Exorcist prequels that, yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck were the studio thinking? Oh, like, the, the
3: beginning, Exorcist the beginning. I, I, the, well, I really enjoyed that. There was Dominion, it?
1: there was Dominion, the prequel to the Exorcist, and right. then Exorcist yes. the beginning, which essentially is. the
3: same movie, just different cuts it because is.
1: they cut, they got different directors.
3: Yeah, it is, and and one is done better, so that's why I went straight to the beginning. I personally believe that.
1: I enjoyed Dominion more than I did Exorcist at the beginning really? and so, and I don't know why like I don't have a, a specific reason for it. I just remember because I've only seen either movie once. I remember in the theaters when I saw Dominion, I enjoyed that one more than I did Exorcist at the beginning, so
2: one's more action and one's less action,
1: yes, right
2: and the the René Harlan one is the more action one i I like in my head, I don't remember which one's which
3: exactly, but, it, but to me it felt it felt more like. Like an action movie than a horror movie, and yeah. I was like, sure. uh, "So that's why I like the well, beginning
2: better." What a clusterfuck from the production company! Yeah, yeah, for but sure, it's,
0: <laughs>
3: it's a mess.
2: This one we don't really like it, um, so we'll shoot this other one, <laughs> right. the first one, and release it. But the audience didn't like that one, so we we'll go back and release the other one that we didn't release because we didn't yeah. like. It. Because we still want to make some money.
1: So yeah. what, what are your ratings
2: for those two?
1: So Dominion, I'd probably give a six. Okay. And uh, Exorcist, the beginning, would be a five.
2: Okay. And now we're getting to Exorcist, the new one. What would you give it? Believer.
1: It would be a four.
2: A four? That's pretty high for you. Yeah, it's, a, it's a four. That must be in your top ten movies. i Peace out. <laughs> he,
3: said, ask,
1: he he wants you to ask about Event Horizon.
3: So wait so, Hold on, if you say you don't like Event Horizon, I'm gonna walk off this podcast. No, no, no. I, I do. But when okay. we when we discussed our
1: favorite horror movies, right, he asked me to rate it. So it was, I, I gave it a six, right? So Jim, Jim hang on.
2: I asked for your top five horror movies. Right. How you rated them. Right. And Event Horizon was in your top five horror movies. Absolutely. And what did you rate it?
1: I think I rated it a five or a six, I think. What? First right. of yeah. all, there's, there's, there's how could you reason, rate anything
3: in your top five, a five or a six? Why would it be in, in your just, top five? There's a billion so,
0: horror movies.
1: Here's the reason. Here's the absolute reason. I absolutely adore that movie, and I think it was fantastic when it came out. The special effects do not hold up.
2: Right, but why wouldn't you have something higher on your list than because that? Because I had so much yeah, love yeah. for that movie. It was fantastic. Well, it's not that fantastic if you're rating it a 6. Yeah,
0: exactly. it is. No, you have
3: it's, to. You, you say the special effects don't hold up, but you have to rate the special effects for the time. Right, for the time. Like, if I'm basing
1: it off my initial viewing of the movie, it would be a 9 out of 10. Okay.
0: 100%. Yes, but- exactly. Exactly.
1: When Mark and I spoke about it, we had just rewatched it, and I told him it does not hold up. So my, my revised rating...
2: It's still in your top five horror movies. Yes, man. it
1: is. Yes, it is.
2: So there's no horror movie that's more than a six out of ten in that your top five horror movies. That is not true. All... Well, I asked you your top five horror movies. I'm Wait,
1: not... because most of my top five horror movies, they hold up. But I don't, I don't have to adjust the rating it's, for... It's, Madness!
2: It's like I'm losing my mind.
3: <laughs> it it re- it really is kind of a like a I don't know like weird Madness. paradigm or something.
2: <laughs>
1: I'm very complex, Keystone. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> really this over and over again for all eternity.
3: Wait, I am. I I have a question. Have sure. y'all seen the movie Dolls from the eighties? Oh, from sure. the eighties? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a great it's a great eighties horror movie. Okay. That movie, when I was young, like traumatized me. And uh, I went to watch it again because I assumed that it wouldn't hold up. I was like, right. oh, it's probably, if I watch it as, as an adult, it's probably like can't be and ridiculous and I'll just won't be. And then uh, the people I watched it with were like, it's no wonder that gave you nightmares as a child. It's terrifying. And I was like, yeah, it really does hold up. Like, it's, my, it's my favorite killer doll movie. I never
1: thought it was scary. I thought it was hysterical. No, no, no
2: movie is scary. It's my all...
1: favorite my favorite line in that entire movie was are they antique? <laughs> like I that that's the only thing I remembered until I watched it again in my 20s.
3: No. When I initially saw it. Um I I have as I said earlier I have a fear of clowns. My other thing is is dolls, especially like ventriloquist dummies. And then the main doll in that was like a jester. So yeah. it was like a clown and a doll. It like combined my two greatest fears. <laughs> you must have really hated Dead Silence then, huh? I I hated it and loved it at yes. the
2: same time. Like what, what, what about Magic with Anthony Hopkins? We
3: oh, some? you know I you know I I haven't seen it in so long. I don't. I I need to go back and rewatch it.
2: Honestly, it's falling. Um,
1: it it's fantastic. It really Dead is.
3: Silence though, like I. I'm gonna come out and say it I know you know obviously the world disagrees with me or it wouldn't still be fucking going but I hate the saw franchise <laughs> uh, completely from movie one till you know the whatever the fuck they're still putting out but um, dead silence I was like, hey they did something pretty good so um, I actually like the collector too so
2: oh the collector is great i the collection. And I I recently revisited them, and I was like, I totally forgot how fucking brutal those movies are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really, really out there. It's like awesome. But have you seen *Malignant*? Because that's a very divisive James Wan movie.
3: *Malignant*. I'm not sure. Um, wait, you said James Wan, so
0: um,
3: *The Insidious*. Isn't yep. that James Wan? Yeah, he did Saw, he did yeah, Dead yeah, Science. It's oh, they're all by the same person. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's
3: no wonder I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. all that is insidious
2: too. <laughs> <laughs> conjuring. Now
3: like, I know yeah. I should just ignore James Wan. Thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I personally Sorry like James. It. You don't need I me.
1: Need yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you I really enjoyed Malignant.
3: I thought that was a fun movie.
0: It was I, don't,
3: a... I don't know. Like, I feel like it's rare that there's a horror movie I haven't seen. So I might have watched it, but if I did, I'm not drawing anything from it.
0: Yeah.
3: it well, I,
2: if I tell you the twist and you haven't seen it, it might ruin it for you, so I don't look, know if I should say it. Look, what's, oh,
3: don't, 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 don't tell go. the twist. What's the basic plot line?
2: So it's it set up kind of like a giallo, right? And there's okay, this, which like, I love. Killer um, who's killing certain people, and this woman is moving into this house, and she gets somehow involved in it, and at a certain point, we find out who the killer actually is, and it's not who you would suspect. But-
3: <laughs> <laughs> that was the vaguest plot ever. It's really all, it's really it's all he can thing. give you.
2: But it, it, it's, it's very giallo the first half. It's very body horror, the second half. And it's very different from a lot of, like, James Wan stuff. Yeah.
3: yeah I so. mean, I, I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, if I, yeah. uh, I might get halfway through and go, oh, I saw, I've i seen this. Yeah. But, yeah maybe. That happens to me sometimes. But, um
1: it happened it that just happened to me this week because I was so excited that the boogeyman was finally on Hulu and I went to my mother's house and I put it on for her because she likes movies like that and I'm like, I've already seen this. Where did I see this? I have no idea where I saw this. <laughs> so, Jim, Jim,
2: since you brought up your mother, oh God <laughs> so so maybe we can go over the old ground. do we have to? Yes, what age were you, Jim?
1: uh eight or nine. So,
2: uh, Keystone. Yeah.
0: This, I'm really interested this, where this, this is.
2: <laughs> this is where we start from. So, this is, <laughs> this is like uh, Jim's origin story if he was a supervillain. Okay. <laughs> He's a shit podcaster. So, this is his origin story. Um, one night, Jim's mom, when he was eight or nine, said, Jim. Do you want to watch a movie?
1: Not quite how it happened, but go ahead. Well, well I don't
2: well, Do you want to expand on it? So just think I don't, something. because
1: I don't remember it as much as you do. No, but then you don't remember
2: <laughs> how it happened, so you're a liar.
1: I, I don't remember. I know, I know I was eight or nine when I first saw this like, movie. Have
2: you seen that Simpsons meme where it's like Homer patting the couch, come over and sit down type thing? That's good, yeah. Yeah. So, so, little Jimmy came yeah. over. And his mom put in probably a VHS at that point. Oh, so yeah. Hit the play button, got the popcorn out. Hey, let's watch this movie. And what movie was it, Jim?
1: It was The Entity.
2: Oh, so, yeah.
3: <laughs> so Jim and his mom... When you first mentioned that you were traumatized by it, you didn't say you watched it with your mom. <laughs> I was not
1: traumatized by it. Mark has been far more traumatized by my experience than I have.
3: I know. I mean, far more. Seeing, it, seeing it young is, is is one thing. Seeing it young with your mom is another thing. That definitely calls for therapy. But
1: here's the thing: like, I I keep trying to explain this to Mark. A lot of the adult overtones, like the ghost rape and the beatings and all that, I didn't. Understand
2: that. Jim, 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 Jim. It's all. Called- <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> not adult overtones <laughs> content it really I is, is yeah. I yeah. did
1: not understand any of that well when I was uh, years old right that's my point so it did not traumatize me Mark it traumatizes you that I saw it at that age it didn't traumatize me
2: <laughs> okay you're a perfectly rational normal person <laughs> <So much. laughs> you have no you have no weird trauma
1: no, none at all. Not from that movie, anyway. I brought up a list, Mark. You ready?
0: Okay. Um, because Mark,
1: Mark likes to consider himself a movie connoisseur. Yeah, you. me
0: too. Me too.
2: Wow.
0: Okay. You. See
1: what I have to work with?
2: <laughs> okay. So, so if you take, like, Day of the Dead, right? I haven't seen it. Parallel like to Psycho. You seen more it? Sorry.
3: Sorry, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not seen it. He not oh. the original or the remake or the yeah. other remake? <laughs> nope. None of them. Wow. Uh, where, where did we leave off? Uh, you, you were talking about Day of the Dead uh, compared to Hitchcock.
0: Oh, yeah. No, no, I'm just
3: saying as far as brutality is concerned. I Day just feel of- like it's a different level of... It, it's just a different style of brutal. It's not less
0: explain
1: to him. That's what I kept trying to explain to Mark. It's not necessarily about the gore. So it, so it, let, let, a, let's, let's compare
2: apples to apples. Um, the original Halloween, how brutal is it compared to say Rob Zombie's Halloween?
3: I don't know. I've only seen it once, and I'll never watch it again. Honestly, I you know, I I'm, I'm gonna say it's 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 way more brutal because
0: Watching yeah,
3: Rob, Rob Zombie's Halloween may have more gore, but it also gave you a lot more like empathy and feeling and. Like, I actually, like, felt for Mike Myers. Where in the first one, I was just horrified by him. You know, so... Well, no, I, I didn't. And
2: uh, that's, not, that's, that's not for not a zombie movie. We could talk about the whole Michael Myers character. Because, um, to me, they fucked that character up so bad. Um, but Which- it's much more brutal. I mean, you have him sitting there, stabbing, 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 grabbing people like... Shh. I mean, yeah, but like the, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) let's not, not talk about the worst. worst. I mean, brutal is more visceral, but let's, it it, it doesn't have, I disagree. It's a, so if I smother somebody, like say there's a character that we all like and it was, and and I smother them with a uh, pillow. Okay. we like that character. That's terrible. Yeah. But get that same character and say a remake or whatever, and we sit there and we slice open their body and all of you and we pull out their testicles, you know, There's but, one, the, the the pillow smothering to me, is not as brutal as okay. the treatment. That's not it's, apples but,
1: to apples though.
3: Yeah, no, but hold on. There, there's context to it, and a lot of times when there's gore for gore's sake, like oh he got sliced in half and this happened whatever. I'm, like, numb to that. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay, there you go. Like, And it doesn't affect me. But, but really if someone who, like, loves them, like, put a pillow over them, and they're suffocating them, and they're twitching and shaking, and, like, that's brutal, man. Yeah. Disagree. Right 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 it's okay. Oh, well, you're allowed. Go hit your punching bag. <laughs>
1: So what were we going to talk about? We, we had a point to this whole conversation. Yeah, we're I
2: didn't like where the, we find <laughs> we were talking about The Exorcist. That's where we yeah. left off. Okay. So then you we were going to bring up possession movies.
1: I, I do. I have a list of twenty-five possession movies, Mark, and I want to know your thoughts. Oh
3: wow! Okay. Just my thoughts?
1: No, of course not. Just your <laughs> thoughts. I want your thoughts. I don't want to hear your thoughts. Please <laughs> please first, and then you. Okay. And I already know your. I already know what you're going to say about this one, Mark. And we disagree to disagree. But, um, Keith, so what are your thoughts on The Last Exorcism? Uh, um,
3: I really wanted to like it. <laughs> it uh, it was really frustrating. Uh, yeah. it, it was a great idea, not executed well, I feel like. I agree. Mark? I, it. I thought
2: it was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, again, I, you know, you come, you come at movies with, you know, your, your own self, right, and your own belief sets and stuff, so, and that can influence you. Um, I'm, uh, you know, an atheist, an agnostic a- a- atheist, and I think a lot of religion is just bullshit, and I thought it was great the way they showed him, showing off all the tricks, right? He's just making money off these people at the start, and then, you know, they kind of flip the script and whatever, and that's fine, uh, but I really yeah. liked the way that they did it i like the handheld fan footage stuff um Some, i liked it the second one i didn't like at all
3: so not to veer off subject when there's 24 yeah. movies but um <laughs> so you, like so you're a found footage fan you think like the found
2: um, footage genre in general I, mean, I i mean it's just a form of filmmaking right so yeah, yeah sure. you have good <laughs> ones and you can have bad ones um, it it lands itself to a little bit of cheapness. Um, so that's why there was so many of them after, like, Blair Witch Project. So there's a lot of, cra- it's kind of like slackers or
3: and whatever. I'm, I'm in found footage groups, and uh, when found footage is done well, it's fantastic for a low budget. Um, but most of the time, I feel like it's not. <laughs> so, well, uh, well, again, uh, to me, found footage,
2: like, so found footage really early 2000s, right? Because a big boost of the Blair Witch didn't invent it, right? Is cinema variety from French movie making and the Cannibal Holocaust and everything. But
0: yes, project
2: yes. really set it ablaze. And it kind of was the same as 80s slashers. It was the same formula. It's like we have video cameras now, which we can make real cheap movies on and far follow the same formula. So there's gonna be a lot of crap there. And it's the same in the horror in general.
3: Yeah, but even even the crap 80 slashers are still entertaining because they're funny. And uh bad found footage movies are not funny. <laughs> they're well, just great. Well well here here's the downside
2: of that handheld. It's not even Footage a lot of times handheld is that you get a lot of the camera going back and forwards on the ground right as somebody's running away and that's not good movie making and that's not like
3: like let me let me just ask you since you said earlier that you're like to you the writing is the most important yep. mm-hmm. how do you feel about the Paranormal Activity franchise I don't like it
2: well okay so I take that back I really hated the first one I thought it was boring and slow and I, I'm sorry. A, a door opening slowly um, over a number of nights. Just it, it just didn't do anything for me. Um, I liked a couple of the sequels down the line. I don't really remember them that much, but yeah.
3: See, uh, I have the complete opposite opinion. I, I, and f- a lot
2: of people do. A lot of people love like the, the first, first
3: one movie. The to me, was like it, it was something like found footage done really well so i really appreciated it and then the writing just took the story in this really weird direction they just kept getting worse and worse as it went on to where it just became the most ridiculous thing yeah. uh, I,
2: I, 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 and i like whenever they started to do something a little bit different with it um and it wasn't just that fixed camera and they had like the cameras that were moving automatically and stuff I thought that
3: yeah so they took away I the whole deals, right
2: when something happened because but then they I'm just everything else like, like I wouldn't hold any of the paranormal activities up as a great horror movie uh there's a couple I've watched of the sequels and I'm like oh that's not bad I'd never go back and watch
3: them <laughs> yeah okay um anyway Jim I- Number two, I, I have
1: to say, I absolutely adored the first Paranormal Activity. I thought was oh, atmospheric man. and fantastic. The rest of them are garbage.
0: Yeah, I 100
3: percent agree with that.
1: <laughs> See, Mark, you're in the minority again. It's all
2: right.
1: I'm so we're next. Minority on here. So the next one is Nori: The Curse.
2: Oh. Yes, I really dug this. But we, I talked to you a little bit before the podcast. Um, I don't remember a lot about it, but I really remember liking it.
1: What about you, Kista? Yeah,
3: no, it's good. I, I have not seen it, so I'm not going to say one word or the other. It's definitely, um, it's weird. <laughs> and, and and weird in a good way. I feel and, like. and
2: it, it's very, like, it really leans into that low-budget uh, filmmaking style. Yep.
3: Yeah, Quite but right it though. does
2: it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for for its benefit.
3: Yeah, for sure. I agree with that.
2: So
1: this time, I agree up. with
3: Mark. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> next up, we have 2021's *The Medium*. It's a South Korean horror film. I'm
3: not sure I know that one. I don't think I've I
2: have do not think I've seen
3: that. And I've I've watched a lot of Korean stuff.
1: So it's Thai and South Korean co-production. It's set in Thailand and features Thai dialogue, and it's a mockumentary slash found footage.
3: Mark, you would enjoy that. The meeting?
2: Okay, I've, I've che- I have to check my list. To see I that.
3: have to, I have to f- figure out if I haven't seen it. I need to watch it because I'm, I'm like an all Asian horror fanatic, and I want to see all of it. Like, and
1: Mark is too. He loves Asian horror.
3: Yeah, me too. Uh, me I have a to pretty decent collection, honestly.
2: Uh, 2021, I haven't seen this
1: one. Well, there you go. There's a new one for your list, Mark. See, I found one that you have not seen yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's a lot out there, so that's not surprising.
1: So we're going to travel back in time now to 1998 for probably one of the worst possession movies ever, in my opinion. Fallen. Which one? Oh. Fallen, Fallen with-, with Denzel Washington. Oh, I
3: like that movie. I did not. Uh
2: uh-huh.
3: I I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, it, I think it's a lot of fun. Where, where it
3: keeps switching?
2: Yep. Yeah, yep. It's,
3: yeah, yeah. No, that's a great movie. I didn't care for
2: it. It's okay. So it's 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 very like uh, Wes Craven's uh, what's that one from the late '80s? Shocker. We're Shocker. Awesome. In- oh. from- oh, oh, that was Shocker? one of the
3: most underrated
1: franchise. Shocker is fantastic because it's so schlocky. Yeah. Fallen takes itself way too seriously
3: no. it does it does but it, like but it's supposed to no, take it's itself not, seriously it's so pretty it's dense like you can't go wrong
1: I,
2: I'm not a fan Fallen is kind of like seven with mixed with shocker I mean okay. that's a great combination <laughs> <laughs> right. uh,
1: independently I like them I do not like them in a mashup sorry
2: so, uh, okay, so well, we I'm to-
3: wrong again.
2: As far as who you would agree with more, but yeah, we're,
3: like we should be keeping a tally here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so number twenty-one, we have the nineteen eighty-five classic, Demons.
3: Oh, it's fucking amazing.
2: Yep, Demons and Demons Two.
1: <laughs> yes,
3: are- exactly. Both of them, fucking incredible. Tony the Pimp
2: is such a pimp. He gets killed in the first one. <laughs> the second one.
3: And now, Mark, we're
1: going to go to the first movie you made me watch in the uh, Asian horror category. Hasu. Oh,
2: yes. Classic.
1: It is. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. wait, the 1970s one? Yeah, the 77
3: one. I'm actually going to see that in the theater in West Virginia next week in in, like an art house theater. Have Have you you not seen it yet? I have not. Okay, oh, the
2: movie, oh, you're
1: in for a treat? it is it's bizarre as a in the best comedy. way possible. It is it is bizarre in the best way possible. It it's so over the top. It's with very
2: the avant-garde.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's in an art house. <laughs> the banana's <laughs> yeah. are my favorite part of the whole movie. But but it's fun. It's
2: not like like, you know, you, you get some art arty movie yeah, movies yeah. Sure, yeah. which are just kind of boring. This yes. one is just like a, It's almost like a cartoon um, movie. It's it's just bonkers. Like all the characters are bonkers, um, the setups bonkers. The 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 whole way that they film it, they like do all sorts of different camera tricks. It's amazing.
3: Are Are you a fan of the Pang Brothers? Yes, the uh, I. Right. I am the, too. Huh?
2: Didn't they do the I?
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. The I, like the not the god awful American remake, but right. um uh the I was phenomenal. Yeah. Um and then the I two I found was really good too. Uh it was really well done. The concept was cool, and then the I three, all of a sudden, like there's ghosts that are farting on people and they're making like green ghost farts in people's faces (laughs) and i'm like what is happening
2: i've not seen the third one
3: it's so out there it's so weird like it's like these kids are playing a game in the in the woods and it's like kind of like manhunt or something uh hide and go seek manhunt type of game and then one of them ends up in a ghost realm and to get them back, they have to go into the realm and, like, find his spirit. But all the ghosts, like, fart attack you. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing I've ever
2: seen. That, that's, like, every podcast with me and Jim. Pretty I just, much. <laughs> no, I haven't seen the third one. But that sounds, that sounds pretty out there. So. Yeah,
3: it's wild. It's like, sometimes Asian horror just goes at, like, just... I, at a (laughs) left field.
2: There's there's the cultural thing, right? And sometimes it doesn't work. Like the host, um, you've probably seen the host, right? The Korean movie, South Korean movie.
3: Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Like there's humor in that, which does not land for me at all. Um, that's a cultural.
3: It's a, it's a, that's a solid movie though.
2: Oh yeah. I I mean, I'm from the UK and I know because my wife's from the U S like there's stuff that I like, like, british comedy stuff just totally over our head don't understand it at all <laughs> and then whenever you get to like asian and different like areas of the world that are non english speaking totally different cultures um yeah sometimes it just doesn't mind
3: have you seen zombie ass toilet of the dead no i know about
2: it though that that's kind of in that like tokyo gore uh,
3: it's amazing Jim? it's 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 incredible and original and hilarious and unique and wonderful. So well,
2: it's it's like a lot of the um, uh, week stuff, right? That's just like over the top, like crazy. Um, yeah,
3: it's completely insane, but it's insane in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> I have like, not title seen aside. aside it's horror. a fun movie. I have ahead, not Jim. seen
2: any toilet horror yet, so. Jim, have you seen any uh, Tiki, Takeshi Miike stuff? Oh, I would, man. I would not we know mean, if I did. I could, could did. talk about
3: Takashi Miike all day. You'd have to give me titles of movies. I, I, audition I is see. the most
2: famous one.
3: Huh? Uh, Ichi the
2: killer?
1: I have not seen Audition, no. Or That's Ichi
3: that. the killer. Nope. Um, What was the one? He had one in... Um, when Showtime was doing that... Uh, Masters of Horror. Yeah, yeah, and his was banned, yeah. and it was super good. Uh,
2: and, and I won't bring up Malignant in relation to that one, but...
3: <laughs> is, is there similarities? Because if there is, uh, it's going to make me want to watch it even more. Yes, I, yes.
2: Okay. yes, yes, yes.
3: Um, yeah, no, everything... Like Gozu, and
2: there's, like... Yeah, few-
3: Gozu, yeah, yeah. I no, to... Miike, right,
2: he makes, like, 13 movies a year. It's freaking... <laughs> in
0: fact,
2: They're my-
3: so out there. Like, Ichi the Killer, I watched, you know, part of the making of that, and he actually, like, just for that one scene in the beginning where, like, the title of the movie is spelt in cum, right he, like... He literally had everyone on staff, all the gaffers and everyone, like, like, jerk off and jizz in a bucket. And then he used real jizz to, like, make the title of the movie.
2: Well, you know, you have to have artistic
3: integrity. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying, like, that's he's next level. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> I, re- I have so much respect. It's not even funny. I have no response to that. My favorite
2: (laughs) movie of his is not even a horror movie. It's perhaps one of his more straightforward movies. It's 13 Assassins.
3: Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's excellent. Not necessarily the remake. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Because every damn good Asian movie has been remade.
2: I won't even go into my Ringu versus Ring.
3: Round. Oh, my God. Here no. We go again. no, hold on. Ringu is amazing. The books are amazing. The movies are amazing. The Ring American movies are all garbage. Correct. We're I disagree. So I'm on, in, I feel in, like, in like my, I'm in on Team head. Mark. I've been on, uh, you know, I've agreed with you a couple of times, but I feel like uh, overall I'm on Team Mark. That's not it's surprising. Team Mark. I
0: have, I, right.
3: have, uh, <laughs> I, have um, I saw um, The Ring first, and I thought it was a good movie. I- well, yeah, if you saw it first, and then, but then you go back and you watch the other one, and you realize that The Ring is only like 30 minutes of the original movie. Right, it- I, I do
1: agree. My biggest issue with Ringu when I first saw it was that it felt really disjointed to me. No. And it's probably because I'm... Will you shut up and let me give my opinion now?
2: <laughs> you're you're fractally wrong, Jim. anyway no, I'm not. think you're wrong.
1: No, no, I'm not. Yep. I, you cannot speak to my experience, sir. Only I can speak I to my I would want to speak
2: to your experience, especially your movie-going experience.
1: <laughs> so anyway, I... I had some trouble following along the first time I watched the movie. I watched it. I've now since watched it several times, and I absolutely think it's a great film. But it didn't diminish my love for the the
3: ring with Naomi. So, so have you? Go ahead. Have you watched the rest of them? Have you read any of the books? I have not read any of the books. I've like seen, they go so much I think deep. I've seen two of the sequels. So like far. the the um, American movies are so like hollow. They're so, yeah. he- I, I don't disagree with that, but I did enjoy them. Here's the thing
2: about the the ring versus Ringo. What the ring does is strip out all the mythology, all the great backstory.
3: Right, and exactly. They,
2: and, they, the... and, and you know what they put in its place? Oh, it's just this girl with weird powers that we don't know how she got them.
3: And now she's scary girl. That's, um, that's what Americans do. Like the most infuriating one to me Overall, is uh, record, uh, uh yeah, um, okay. turned into um, quarantine, yeah, yeah, because they took the like the reason record was so good was the backstory and and the twist and everything, and they took that and threw it in the trash. And then they were like, when we make an American version of this, how about we just make it rabies? And I, I was like, why? Why would you do that?
2: So so here's a counterpoint. Um, I don't mind Quarantine. Um, I don't think they explain much in Wreck. Um, they explain much more in Wreck 2.
3: Yeah, um, exactly. The, it keeps building. But, but you couldn't quarantine. even have that movie with Quarantine. Quarantine 2 like, it couldn't be Wreck 2 because they changed the entire premise. They're like, let's just it on an airplane. Like, no. Quarantine, quarantine to me, is,
2: you take it by itself, right? Take the Quarantine 2 and the Wreck 2 thing out of it, right? And just look at it as its own movie, if you can. It's a decent enough little movie. It's nothing groundbreaking, but it's fine. Um... But what Wreck 2... um, Wreck 2 is my favorite out of the Wreck series. Um, Is the... Twist. Is is a reconning of it. and saying, okay, in the first movie, it did look like it was like a zombie outbreak, right?
3: Yeah, and and, still the
0: twist.
2: uh, Yeah, and and then there's something up there in the attic. Right. Crazy, but Wreck, Wreck 2... Really went the next step, right? And they're like, "No, it's not just some zombie outbreak; it's a
3: demonic outbreak." Okay. The whole time I've been trying not to give spoilers. (laughs) not to spoil it. I'm like the twist, and like, and you're like, "Actually, let me ruin it in case nobody's seen it." Well, it's been uh, out
2: long enough. I'm back
3: on team Jim.
2: There's a. Jim will love it. and give it a 3 out
1: of 10. Pretty much. So, <laughs> I did not watch Quarantine because you know my feelings about Jennifer Carpenter, Mark. And- yep. I She's like Sherry Moon. I can't stand her and I hate everything she's ever in on screen. Um, okay, next. <laughs> yeah, we- what's next on the list? There's a lot of movies to get through. We're, we're going to move on to Jennifer's Body from
3: 2009. I oh, I that love that movie. movie. I bad. haven't seen it yet. Uh, you haven't seen it? No. Oh man it's 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 so like it, it's a comedy and it's yeah. it's really just masterfully done. I, I, like that's a nine out of ten for me.
0: And I, and I I'll say my- that,
3: and in saying that, I want to say I am not even a little bit of a Megan Fox fan. So and
1: I think that's why I avoided it for the most part. And at the point when I got over the whole I hate her guts thing, I just never picked it
3: up. Yeah, no the the writing is just incredible, and, and and the directing is really good too. Next up, Mark, we have your favorite
1: sequel ever.
3: Yep. What? Evil, Evil Dead Two. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, wait. I mean
2: the the eighties horror comedy. Yeah. yeah,
3: agreed. It's you know I I actually there's a place here that is a bar that does, um, terror Tuesdays. And every Tuesday night, if you go out back, they had, they put up a screen and they show like old horror movies and have s'mores on the fire. Oh, nice. And yeah, it's, it's super awesome. You know, drink an IPA, have some s'mores, watch classic horror. It's, it's a beautiful night. Nothing better than that. Yeah, no, seriously. It's incredible. (laughs) Um, And, uh, yeah, come to Asheville people. We got the good stuff. And, um, it, uh they did. they just did evil dead 2 and my partner had never seen it and um she was like oh i understand so much about so much in horror in general now after watching this movie and so many memes and jokes and <laughs> like it all makes sense now and i was like yeah it's definitely a
0: classic oh, so, you know. so,
2: so i think that Obviously, the eighties were the pinnacle, the zenith of horror comedy. Um, but what Evil Dead Two does is that it starts and there's like a five minute build up, and then it never stops. It's just one thing after another, and it's just fantastic.
3: It's I don't even I feel like then like it shouldn't have been Evil Dead Two though because it. Like it's kind of like a, almost like Evil Dead, again. Just like so, done. Right.
2: <laughs> so so it is it is a, it is supposed to be a sequel, but they couldn't get the rights to the first movie to do the <laughs> intro. Right. Um, so they just redid an intro, and it's supposed to be like the next adventures of Ash, but they have to like pre put that in so.
3: It's definitely great. Like even, you know, the special effects. Like, uh, like I said, we were just watching it like the other day, and we were just cracking up. Uh, like the gore, it was just, it was, it's all magnificent. It, it's it's
2: the, it's, the, it's the sweet spot for Sam Raimi, right? Yes, for but sure. Like, between the comedy, um, and the I mean,
3: you say that, but uh, I I love all that is Sam Raimi. I think uh, I agree.
2: That, well, I'll say, like, Army of Darkness is too comedy for me in this trilogy. I think Evil Dead 2 just hits that sweet spot.
3: But, you know, you say that, but, like, most of what, like, people know of the Ash character and, like, personality comes from Army of Darkness.
2: Yeah, I'm not most people.
3: Listen to <laughs> primitive metal screw
1: love that movie. So next up, we have a movie we already talked about once already. That's The Exorcist 3.
2: Yep, classic. George C. Yeah, Scott. yeah. Scott. Uh, it's yeah.
1: great. Uh, next up is a movie that we already know uh, Kisto hates. It's called Sinister.
2: Do you hate that?
1: No, I'm no, kidding. Sin- it, it was it's a joke. He uh, doesn't like Insidious.
3: Yeah, no. Sin- sinister, I, I, I loved it. I uh, thought it was Sinister great. 2, I have a completely different opinion of, but Sinister 1 was fantastic. Yeah, Ethan Hawke was great in this film. Yeah. Yep. Ethan so. Hawke's normally great. So He is. He is. And, the, and this is the
2: second Scott Derrickson um, directed possession movie. Right Jim.
1: Mhm. Sure, if you say so. so
2: <laughs> the, other, the, other, the other one has uh, your favorite actress in it.
1: are you going to expound on that?
2: So what Jennifer Carpenter Possession movie was there before?
3: One of my personal favorites. I have no idea because you know I wouldn't have watched it. Oh, come on. We've already talked about this. Just not on the air.
2: The Exorcism of Emily Rose.
3: (laughs) Yes. Again, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? No. Welcome
1: to my... I, I don't think you understand my distaste for that actress.
3: You know what? Like... You can you can dislike, like I just said, you know, like uh, Maggie Grace. I hated her in several things and then watched something and loved her in it. You know, like it's. I we, have yet to have that experience with Jennifer Carpenter. Well, because you haven't watched The Excesses of, of Emily Rose. That's Exactly. Why. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> so Sinister
2: is great. I think the best parts of it are those, um, obviously, the, uh, the movies that he finds and how they're played out.
0: Just the, it, the whole
3: the whole thing had this, like, just creepy feeling to it. Like, just the underlying feeling.
1: I, I don't understand why this movie's on the list. This next movie's on the list. Because I don't think this is a possession movie at all. It's Drag Me to Hell from 2009. There is possession?
0: Yeah. There, not- yeah,
1: I mean, during the seance, but of It's not a possession movie. I mean, I,
3: I love the movie, but I wouldn't put it on the
1: list. It's exactly, I, I absolutely adore, like you said, almost everything I've seen from Sam Raimi, yeah. and that is no exception.
3: Right,
2: and of course. But I
3: agree with you; it shouldn't be on the list.
2: It's a somewhat remake of *Night of the Demons*. Yeah. Based on casting the runes, uh, yeah, this is possession adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> <If that was. laughs>
3: yeah I,
1: I, I'll agree with that. So next up, number fourteen is Ju-On. Oh man, love it. Yeah, it's fantastic,
2: Mark. I I have no grudge against it, Jim. Ha huh, ha! Huh, what huh. is that? <laughs>
0: actually,
2: I actually really like the remake too, so that's where they. I, I think they didn't do a bad job of the
3: remake. Well, you know, but but again, the remake really uh, chopped it. But you know, but they but at least they got the original director. Yeah, Um, I
2: mean, mean, it's not as good as the original, but it's not not a train wreck. No, it's it's better than wreck for sure.
1: Sarah Michelle Gellar did a very admirable job in that. She did. She did. I I I I really like her.
2: And and then, well, I mean. She, she's she's always brought up in it but she's a side character they're all side characters yeah they are. I mean
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna go on record and say I like the Buffy the vampire Slayer movie better than the TV show but um never, never seen the TV show so funny wow. story about that I absolutely adore the movie
1: and yeah. I, I would not watch the first three seasons of the TV show because I thought they were gonna screw it up yeah I felt I did oh. the same thing. So many, many years later, after the series had concluded, I binged the whole thing and I thought it was done really, really well.
3: Yeah, no, I did the same thing and I did enjoy it. I still like the movie yeah. a bit. <laughs> so next on the
1: list is Keisto's favorite director. Oh, God. <laughs> Insidious,
3: <laughs> 2010, James Wan. Yeah, no, trash. See, I, I, I
1: didn't mind it, this one.
3: I'll give it a one out of ten. <coughs> so I didn't mind the first one. And the one is just because I don't want to give it a zero because I feel like
2: I feel bad. So, Amphibious one and two, I thought were fine. They're just, I think, they're poster children of this generic ghost Hollywood bullshit. That's
3: yeah. Really- I literally groaned watching that movie.
1: It was. Yeah. I think a lot of the draw for me was Barbara Hershey. Because
3: I absolutely, I love her as an actress. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'll agree with that for sure. Of course, she was in The Entity, Jim. Shut <laughs> up, Mark.
1: And you're also going to bring up the fact that I used to do her dry cleaning too, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: No, you bring that up.
1: Yeah, I, I I think she's a fantastic actress. I And it's funny. So this is how detached I was when I saw The Entity, Mark. When I saw The Last Temptation of Christ as an adult, I did not remember ever having seen Barbara Hershey naked before that film.
2: (laughs) Um, My therapy fees for this uh, (laughs) will be uh, will be sent to you. Uh,
3: I have an on-topic question. Okay, have you seen the 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 Japanese unofficial found footage sequel to? Paranormal activity. It's called like uh, paranormal entity. No, no. It's it's pretty cool. I think you should uh, you should find it if you can. <laughs> it's uh, not a right Recommendation.
2: Out. Um, have you seen Suicide Forest Village?
3: Suicide Forest Village. Yeah. Um, I definitely have seen mo- multiple movies on the Suicide Forest.
2: Right. No, watch, watch that movie it's really good. It's done by the same guy that did Juan. And there's uh, a of movies.
3: Wait, uh, it's okay. I'm trying I'm trying to think he's a uh, another Takashi, right? Um
2: Suicide. Forest Village 2021. Um, So it's fairly recent. Takashi Simuzi. Yeah. And there's also Howling Village, which was a sequel. But
3: uh, Suicide Forest Village is really good. Did uh, did you watch the forest? Yes,
2: oh. uh, Natalie Dormier. Yes.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah it's I was
2: okay. Yeah. It was perfectly fine. Solid
3: six out of ten. It's a, it's an enjoyable time. It was okay. Yeah. R yeah. six out of ten.
2: <laughs> two out of ten. That, I, I that one I give a that one
1: give a five probably. It, it just it a didn't. Five? That's almost five. that's almost in your
2: top five horror movies of all. time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, what's the next position film? The next one is one of my favorites from the eighties. It's The Prince of Darkness.
3: Oh man, yeah, that's a good one. It is. Under uh, Mark, I mean, don't you dare don't you dare. Yeah,
2: I, I don't like the- not Do not bring up that trilogy like or I will, it. I will I will <laughs> use it. Undervalued Carpenter movie. I I love the Quantum physics and their religion meld melded together. Love it. I agree.
1: I thought it was yeah. It's,
3: it's really good. Um, I I think I give it. Uh, we're doing out a ten, right? That's yep. usually what Mark does. Yep. Yeah, I'd give it an eight. Yeah, I, I don't disagree.
2: I give it an eight, eight and a half. Jim would give it a three. Hang on, Jim. Did uh, whoa, whoa? Did you say you give it an eight? Yeah. Okay, but that wasn't in your top five horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, He's never movie. going to let it go. gave Evander in a six. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to count, dude. <laughs> He's never going to let it go. No, because
1: Mark
0: <laughs> is absolutely upset
1: with the fact that any movie that I like that I think is one of my top movies, I have to immediately give it a perfect rating, and that is not the case. I love a lot of imperfect films. Oh, no, I mean,
2: you know, I don't love- there is well, a perfect... Nine, nine. So so everything's subjective, Jim, right? Yes. Of course. So so whether you find it imperfect, but you love it, then you give it a, a score, that you love it.
3: No. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I see both of your points, honestly. Oh, no, 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 no don't, don't, don't give him <laughs> <laughs> he, He's the one of
2: the mind. I, I so, mean, yeah. I
3: definitely think Event Horizon is... It's probably a 9 out of 10, honestly. Hey, Mark, what,
2: what do you rate Dark Side of the Moon? Uh, Dark Side of the Moon is probably a 6.5.
1: That's a 3, a solid 3. Uh,
2: well, well, no, hang on, hang on. I'm not talking about you and me disagreeing about <laughs> rating about something because you love stuff and I hate and I, you know, vice versa. But you're talking about your own subjective top 5. I am. So that's got nothing to do with how I rate something.
1: No, but I'm not going to rate something perfect just because I love it. I I can still see its flaws. Okay, moving
2: on.
3: (laughs) Okay, here's the difference. Okay, here's the difference. He's saying, I love it to a 10, but I think the movie is a 6 or a 5. Right. So, but you're saying rate it to your opinion – of your feelings, not your opinion of the movie. Right, I'm not being. I'm being more objective than
1: you are, Mark. You're being far more emotional. Mark.
3: No, no,
2: no, no, no. So, so you 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 rate your movies on nostalgia. So, if it's something you saw when you were a kid, like, uh, so what would you rate a Nightmare on Elm Street? Nightmare on Elm Street. It's ten one? out of ten for me. Okay, so, so 10, X,
1: ten out of ten.
2: Effects suck a, a lot in that movie, like the Do whole. That? The whole arms going out and stuff looks terrible right now.
1: Yeah, it does now. You're right.
2: Yeah, so, so why didn't you rate it down?
1: Because I still, when I watch it, get the same feeling. I absolutely... Nostalgia.
2: You just rate movies on nostalgia. That is not true. So why are you rating Event Horizon down for the effects, but you're not rating Nightmare on Elm Street down for the effects?
1: Because it still gives you the same visceral feeling when you watch it now that it did back then.
2: Lord help me, help me. Okay. Anyway, moving on.
1: Okay. Ready <laughs> on? You ready to go
2: on the next one?
3: <laughs> Please. Number eleven is Pulse. And rabbit hole. Oh, wait, 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 wait. The the original Asian Pulse.
1: Yeah, it, that's what it appears from here. Yes. Oh
3: my God! Ten out of ten. That's one of my all time favorite I, movies. I, I now, the American that. version is a one out of ten. It's. I agree. I agree with the American version. trash. I.
2: I didn't like the original either.
3: What? Yeah. And you're supposed to be a fan of Asian horror? Right? Yeah, I'm
2: a fan of what I'm a fan of. Right? of so Pulse, Pulse didn't... <laughs> Another movie which a lot of people love is A Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah, it's amazing. I watched that movie three times, thinking I missed something or maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it. It just doesn't, didn't do anything for me.
3: Okay. Well, I have... I can't take your word for Asian horror anymore. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) Team Jim, hashtag Team Jim. Yeah,
1: I'm good at that. So next, you guys ready? We're getting into the top ten here.
3: Ooh. Okay.
1: So number ten is Black Sunday from 1960.
2: Oh, the Mario Bava.
3: Yeah, and honestly, you know, I I was just talking to someone the other day that I actually I I like. His stuff better than Dario Argento's. Um, I, it I, kind uh, of falls into the. It's kind of an unpopular opinion, but
2: Bava kind of falls into like Italian Hammer type thing, where it's a lot about the atmosphere, and I like yeah, it, like, yeah, like, and stuff I really like. Uh, I mean, Argento is a little different. I mean, there's
3: and it's, Lucio
1: Fulci.
2: Yeah. Fulci, yes. Oh, don't get
1: don't get him started on Fulci, please.
2: Or Diodato, Cannibal kind of mm-hmm. Holocaust.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he made me watch the New York Ripper and I will never be the same.
0: <laughs> that I, was
2: Jim so so I I have so Jim's never watched an Italian horror movie before, so I had to throw him into the deep end with
3: the sleaze-tastic New York. Yeah. Ripper. I mean it's fucking trash. <laughs> it's it, it's it's definitely um, it's it's a stylized. Mark
1: Mark gives me shit about the ghost rape and the entity, but yet he's fine with foot rape.
2: <laughs> well, well, Jim, uh, you're not an eight year old, and you're not my son.
0: Right. Uh, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Just saying.
3: Wait, where's where's the DNA test to prove this? Well, considering we're both the same age, probably, it might be a problem. I mean, you know, it could be a it could be different uh, dimensions. You never know. It could be. You never know. So, number nine, we're gonna pull up. Um, I
1: don't know. I don't consider this a possession movie either. It's a haunted house movie. The Amityville Horror from
2: 1979.
1: Okay. Uh, I mean, man. I get, I get that they they're going from the the angle where George was. "Quote unquote," possessed by the house, but I—I I never saw it that way. I—I
2: I, I will tell you that in my list, um, I would put Omniville Two in my top possession of movies.
3: I would do three. I—I I honestly three. Uh, am not a fan of that franchise. I—I uh, I was. Weirdly impressed by the Ryan Reynolds remake. Yeah, um, it
1: was it was good.
3: Um, it was- I've been to the to the real house several times. I lived in Amityville, uh, and um, and the guy who lived there uh, used to get really mad at people like coming to check out his house and hanging out on
2: his lawn. <laughs> I, I, like, if I bought that house, I'd be selling tickets. I would be making. I wouldn't go to work anymore. I would just. Yeah,
3: yeah. He was not not that I, way. Uh, he was just trying to live his life.
2: Let's just say the Warrens are full of shit. That whole haunting bullshit is full of shit. Uh, but I would be making money off that.
3: But I mean, there's been so many things like people selling like the toaster from the original house and like you know. Oh yeah, I mean, there's I mean,
2: sucker, there's a sucker born every minute
3: yeah exactly. and uh, I I thought it was cool to like to be there and be like, oh, this is the famous house or whatever but like as far as the movies and like the actual like what the feeling the movies give you and the direction and the cinematography and the acting, like I wasn't feeling
2: it. I, I, I think part two is head and shoulders above every other one. And let's just say that that license that there's Amityville
0: is have, like, there's, there's
2: there's like eight thousand movies <laughs> in it, and it's hilarious.
1: Yeah, you have Amityville Moon, which is a werewolf movie. No, it, it's yeah, a,
2: I mean it, it's, because it's 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 like you you could I could make a movie and put Amityville on it.
3: Okay, and, so. Go ahead and there's there, there's things in in actual amityville that are uh much scarier <laughs> like, in real life.
2: like real people
3: yeah <laughs> um but yeah no so I for me it is probably a four I'm not not a fan
1: when I thought it was a true a true story it was definitely an, an eight or a nine but, but I, it's it's an, it's another movie that lost its potency over the years. I just not I'm not a big fan anymore. So,
3: so Jimmy yeah. like go back now and watch it and tell me it's a good movie. It's it's not. It's not <laughs> great. No.
2: It, it's it's an so that's kind of in that oeuvre of like the Omen and the Exorcist in the seventies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where they
2: were just trying to like hold on to that sort of. And I think it's a, like the first one's okay. I mean, if it's on the TV, it's not like oh my god, this is terrible. Uh, but i think part two is much better and it's got that weird incest thing going on
1: it does which is weird
0: yeah